Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. This is episode 57. We're coming to you from the Stude at 25.8 Studios in Scranton. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. And with me is a different co-host this time, uh, Mr. Jason Reedmiller. Hello. And we are here with Bill Orner, who is representing uh, bluegrass band Cabinet. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. So we're here to talk about uh, Cabinet, of course. We're talking about uh, Susquehanna Breakdown, which is a, a great festival that they do every year at the Pavilion at Montage Mountain. So uh, we have plenty to discuss, lots to talk about. So I'll get through the, uh, the stuff on the site rather quickly so we can get back into that. Uh, first, uh, our, uh, sh- you should be listening to this week is uh, Wilkes-Barre dream punk band uh, Spur, who's kind of like this uh, uh, indie dream pop sort of band uh, with kind of an alternative uh, vibe and pop hooks. Uh, really, really cool band. Uh, they, they're relatively new. They, they started out in 2004, uh, kind of came back, uh, much more so this year. Uh, they're on the, uh, the wrecking ball, uh, festival, which is in Atlanta, Georgia, um, with a lot of big bands this year. So, uh, they're definitely a band on the rise. Wanted to, uh, to keep a lookout for, uh, the co- concert for Catchmore is, uh, going to benefit, uh, behind the gray singer, um, Eric Ketchmore, who uh, was recently diagnosed with cancer. Uh, so he's going to, uh, they're going to be at the V spot in Scranton on June 11th. Uh, the band, obviously, with, uh, you know, his health condition, he can't uh, necessarily, uh, you know, go the whole show or anything. So they're going to have uh, a lot of different local bands are getting together and uh, kind of switching out vocalists uh, every couple songs. So there'll be uh, a lot of different uh, local metal bands in the area that are going to be uh, participating in that. So uh, it's going to be a really, really big benefit show. Uh, Behind the Gray in particular is a band that comes to everybody else's shows, uh, whether it's uh, musicians, comedians, whatever, uh, big supporters of the local scene. So I hope uh, people really come out for them. uh, Breaking Benjamin and uh, Motionless and White and also Crowbot, who are all kind of from uh, the uh, general Northeast PA area, are going to be with Avenged Sevenfold, Alice in Chains, uh, Slayer, uh, Offspring, Volbeat, uh, Chevelle, Kill Switch Engage, Ghost, Seven Dust, Anthrax, Pretty Reckless, tons and tons of bands at uh, this year's Monster Energy Rock uh, Allegiance Festival, uh, which is in, in Chester uh, near Philadelphia. A uh, huge soccer field. Uh, they hadn't done many concerts there before. Uh, Rock Allegiance is kind of a, a relatively new show that they've been doing there the past couple of years. It's getting bigger and bigger every year. Uh, obviously, a completely insane lineup. Uh, that's in September. Uh, the tickets are going on sale this week. Uh, so uh, definitely check that out. Um 80s Hitmakers Foreigner are going to be playing uh, all their hits uh, unplugged at the uh, Kirby Center in Wilkes-Barre on October 21st. Uh, so that should be uh, a kind of a different show. I mean, Foreigner has been hit through this area a bunch of times before, so uh, a little something different for people who are into them. Uh, Knobles recently won a bunch of uh, awards once again. They're, they've been named uh, Favorite Traditional Amusement Park and uh, Best Park for Families, among other things. Of course, the Phoenix won uh, Best Wooden Coaster again this year. Uh, the Menzingers are going to return to Scranton for uh, an outdoor concert at the Vault in, on uh, June 18th. Uh, that's, I think, the first time they're doing anything like that, uh, particularly at the Vault. So uh, that should be a, a pretty neat, pretty neat show. And I 
Oh, yes. We have a uh, song premiere uh, from uh, Scranton's Umbriel. Um, you might remember from uh, NEPA Scenes Got Talent last season. Uh, we're also going to have a song premiere this week uh, from Young Burgo. We, uh, we've told you about a bunch of times and featured them on the site a bunch of times. So uh, check out their song premiere this week. And uh, we also just posted the, uh, the schedule for this year's uh, Susquehanna Breakdown. So uh, with that, we should, uh, we should move right into, uh, into the festival. So, Bill, how are you? Never been better. Good, good. You are uh, you are always a busy, busy man. You're always uh, you, a man of uh, uh, many, many different talents. <laughs> so, uh, how did you get involved with uh, with Cabinet? Is this something that have you been you know managing bands and working with bands for a long time? Or uh, yes, let's see. So, I would say better part of now, close to twenty years. Wow, uh, I didn't never really thought about it until now but it is almost that long um i started with cabinet back in oh seven oh eight i'm sorry yes it seems about right yeah round about uh back there uh i helped uh co-produce one of the banjo player or the banjo players uh pappy biondo his solo record and uh long story short we got into that and they were like hey you know we'd like to he introduced me to the band he said hey we'd like you know, if you see if you'd be interested in managing us. And, um, at the time I was still managing a band called and the money notes. Um, and, uh, they were about to set it down and, and call it a day. And then I was like, you know what? Yeah, why not? And, uh, the rest is kind of history with, with, with cabinet, you know, I've been with them ever since. And uh, I mean, I've been on the road with them up until I'd say the past six months, you know, I was on the road with them for like three years straight as well as a tour manager too. You're practically the other member of the band at this point. Uh, yes and no. You know, uh, as far as, you know, sharing time experiences and, uh, you know, uh, the blood, sweat and tears, we'll say for sure. But, uh, you know, now it's we're getting to the point where, uh, you know, we have to set them free. And, you know, I was probably getting a little bit too... Uh, uh, too involved in the sense of you know as a manager you need to be be a good guy and when you're a tour manager you get a little uh you gotta kind of put your foot down yeah and uh when you're trying to kind of uh walk both lines eventually something needs to give so uh, uh i'm definitely you know back to my manager role and uh you know festival director role and all that jazz but uh uh yeah i, I haven't been out with them on the road and well, I was with them at the TLA in uh, Philadelphia maybe two months ago. I think that was the last show I was at. Okay. But the band is, uh, I would say, you know, uh, one of the most successful bands to come out of the area in a long time, you know, and, and uh, I, I don't think uh, there's some people I think that realize, you know, now with uh, the Susquehanna breakdown and stuff that, uh, that they are as big as they are. But, you know, I think a lot of people from out of the area don't even know how big they are out of the area because, I mean, they, they do pretty well uh, in other states and things like that, which you, you can't say for, you know, every band that comes out of here. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And, um, you know, we'd, we'd have, you know, a lot of good markets, you know, now kind of all across the country, you know, I mean, from Boston to Burlington, down all the way to Charlottesville and Charleston to Asheville, North Carolina, 
even Chicago is starting to, you know, catch some steam and, you know, Denver and Boulder and Fort Collins out there, it's doing, we're doing well. So, I mean, there's a large portion of the country that they haven't been to, mm-hmm. um, but we're working on that. A lot of real estate, a lot of highway miles out there, but, uh, you know, we're plugging away. <laughs> <laughs> so there, so there is a big market for, for bluegrass music then? Well, definitely. Um, the, you know, the, the band is a little bit of everything, uh, you know, definitely bluegrass instrumentation with banjos and fiddles and mandolins. But, uh, you know, over the past few years, they've added, you know, more, um, electric guitars and, you know, there's not fiddle or banjo on every single song now. And, you know, some guys are picking up different instruments, uh, you know, the songwriting is changing a little bit, but, it, you know, they've never been, you know, your typical bluegrass ever because they, except for the, like the first year or so when they didn't have drums, but, you know, a lot of the traditional folks don't think that drums belong in bluegrass. Uh, so it's it's more of like a, a kind of a mix between Americana folk, bluegrass, uh, rock and roll, even reggae for that matter which probably helps them kind of break into different audiences and and expose people to uh you know different kinds of music you know maybe somebody who uh only listens to that one genre might say oh well you know these guys are enough of a crossover that they're they're interesting to me or that you know they're good enough that you know that's something i would want to pick up and so on and so on so uh they could probably break into a lot of different audiences that i i I would imagine probably don't even think they like bluegrass or anything along those lines right and that that that's kind of the the idea these days. It's just more about crafting songs and playing great performances, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, building fan base, etc. But uh, I'm almost surprised sometimes at how you know diverse the crowd is. You know, it can you. I mean, it's depending where we're at, it can be 16 to 75 year old demographic, and you know, all types and kinds of folks so it's uh i mean that's ultimately you know uh something we're proud of because we can appeal to so many people we're not pigeonholing it into one specific genre and it's kind of like a situation where if you don't like this tune just hang around for a second you might like the next one or or the one after that I think I think uh, uh, Jason can attest to this too. They're very much a, a live band, you know. Mm-hmm. Like when you hear the record, uh, you know it's it's great, but uh, the songs sound almost completely different a lot of times uh, when you hear them live because they they're kind of living and breathing, and they don't just kind of stick to 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 one way of doing things. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, again, something that that happens. You know, a song may come, you know, while they're in the studio or something that maybe may not be road tested, we'll say. And, uh, you know, it, it'll, it'll just it goes down on tape or, you know, depending on how we're recording digitally, uh, it goes into the computer one way. Uh, and then once they start playing it for six 12, you know, 18 months, two years, uh, it, they all definitely just kind of take on a life of their own. And then they even, you know, after that, they can take a left turn or at any given time. <laughs> Have you guys done analog recordings like straight to tape? We did the celebration record was done digitally. And then we, we bounced it to, uh, analog for mixing, but we've, to answer your question, no, there's been no, uh, straight uh, analog recording. 
Well, you've uh, you've shot them a bunch of times, uh, Jason. You've oh, been to a couple of them. I'd like to shoot a couple more times. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. He's done. I would say, except for uh, you know a few when I first got started, he's done everything. All the band's photographs. I'm I'm pretty much the official cabinet photographer. <laughs> I'd say that. Uh, actually, I I shot some of them. Uh, uh, we were out in the out by state college a few years ago doing a um, a couple shows and I needed something and then I think immediately after he he was like <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll come shoot these the ones I took look a little bit too uh, too much like the band like the band the band the band the band yeah, not the the band band it's easy to fall into that seeing other photos and then mm-hmm. making them look like them yeah but yeah he's official photographer. It's now official that I'm official. Well, officially, I, I was, I'm not saying anything officially, but I mean officially, you've officially been the photographer in the past. Right. Remember when you paid me with peanuts, literally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, peanuts and gin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a problem with peanuts and gin around 11:30 last night. <laughs> so, so considering most of the band, uh, most of the the photos of the band that people have seen, a lot of the you know a lot of the, the official photos being yours and everything, uh, how do you how do you capture that that band or that personality? So it's not like uh, you know, so it doesn't look like another band or it doesn't feel like somebody else. Well, they definitely each member of the band definitely has their own distinct personality, and uh, you just kind of herd the cats and. Mm-hmm. Let the ones who stand out stand out, and it's pretty much it. They're they're uh, they're interesting to work with, but we always get great photos in the end. Yeah, I, I that's something I've said to Jason in the past. Is you know he's like it or not helped to kind of sculpt the image of the band. You know, you know we'll say that there's been you know. A uh, artistic direction from here or there, depending on, um, you know, the photo that you look at. But I mean, sometimes just like, you know, pull the trigger and let's go. Um, and actually there was a point in time where we shot everything in my backyard, uh, for like two years and yeah. it was just all different areas of, <laughs> just moved of, to of different my neighborhood, parts of, of you know, Bill's backyard. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, we branched out to behind the factory. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a large factory kind of <laughs> by my house. And uh, we go on one side and then, okay, you know, that, that was whatever, fall of 2014. And then spring of 15 would come around and be like, all right, well, let's let's see what the other side looks like. And I I lived there for years and I never walked in front of them and before or since we took the photographs. It all started with the uh, the clothes hanger thing. In the in the pine tree, yeah, yeah, that's true. And then then we went to the back with the chain link fence, yep. and then then we went to the corner, and then we went to the one spot where all the bums pee. Yes, I didn't know that until uh, until we went in there. Until Chris helped. Carney, the Coal Town Rounder uh, front man, he was like, "Yeah, that, that's where the bums pee." <laughs> <laughs> so Chris Carney stole a Fritz for Commissioner sign for me. Mm-hmm. I don't. The listeners at home don't know, but my dog is named Fritz, and uh, my landlord came in my apartment yesterday, and he was like, "Holy shit, I know that guy!" I was like, "Oh, Chris Carney from the Cold Town Rounders pulled over on the side of the road and stole that for me when he saw it." <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, that's a good story. I got the visual. It's nice. <laughs> it's blue and white. It's in my kitchen. <laughs> 
makes sense. So speaking of uh, the marketing of the band, there are a lot of people behind the scenes who are doing that kind of stuff uh, for the band. I mean, you know, having worked with bands uh, for many years and stuff like that, usually uh, the marketing side is, is uh, I'll, I'll be generous and say lacking, you know, in terms of uh, the management of, of how things go. Sometimes you have to track people down to feature them, which is in- insane, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, or they don't give you the right information. And it's like, shouldn't you know the information about your own band and things like that? But you guys kind of have, uh, you know, a little bit of a team going. And, and in terms of uh, just an image, uh, you guys have a logo and and you know really cool merch and things like that that kind of just add this whole you know kind of package to uh the success of the band now how, how did you guys uh get into that was i mean i'm, I'm assuming that wasn't there from the beginning no uh it, it, and i'm you know I'm talking about myself too much but i mean 90 percent of uh the artwork i do myself um and then the other 10, you know, we, we've been lucky enough to work with some artists, you know, super talented artists, like uh, a good friend, John Warner, who does, um, I mean, if you name a band in the scene, he's definitely worked for them. Uh, but the, in particular, he developed the key moon logo that we use now more of an icon rather than a logo, but, yeah. uh, definitely the band has identified or can be identified by that. And the fans have really kind of latched on to that. Um, and then we, you know, we use a couple other artists out of the, the Midwest and we've used, um, occasionally we use one or two from around here, but, uh, you know, basically it was out of necessity and, and I've done, I've been doing graphic design for, you know, as long as I've been in a band, um, at, you know, varying degrees of success, we'll say, you know, cause self-taught, um, but you know, we just, um, develop kind of, you know, it was just, let's see what looks good today. And that's what really helps with, you know, photographs like his, you know, you can put some text on there in a classy way. If the photo is great, it makes it real easy. And then, you know, we have some other, you know, local uh, folks that come to the bigger shows like Jason and and Jesse Fotz and and a couple other folks that come and shoot for us. And I use all those for ad mats and, and uh, you know, just, just general, uh, a lot of them I'll use, for, not too many I'll use for posters, but, you know, just our, our online presence that you have to uh, kind of keep the ball rolling. And and then that leads me to, you know, our social and marketing team is basically uh, myself and Melissa Kopeck, who is uh, Todd Kopeck, our fiddle player, uh, their fiddle player, I should say, my great friend and their fiddle player. Uh, his wife, um, over the years, uh, she... Uh, Long story short is I wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without her. She uh, basically is a volunteer that occasionally, you know, <laughs> I think we've tried to pay her over the years and it's just, it's just a hard thing. You know, we, it, it, a band is a very expensive business, but uh, without her, I mean, it, it would the social stuff would crumble because I'm trying to move, you know, do the, do the manager thing. And, you know, we'll, we actually uh, go over a social media schedule every week. And then we, we kind of put it in, in the, uh, in the motions. Like, uh, I mean, we had now, uh, with the, the new company that I've started, uh, we have three, including the festival, we have three main accounts that we're covering every week, which is, you know, you do three posts a day. I mean, we're just, we're pushing about a hundred posts a week, which, you know, developing content, uh, language, all of that. So it's definitely not a, uh, one person 
deal. There's posts actually popping up right now. Are you are you posting as we're podcasting? Uh, I did while we were sitting here before, uh, but uh, I'd have to look. But I mean, we have some stuff scheduled for for right now. We we, you know, I didn't realize it's it's funny. You know, um, I talk with some people, and you know, we we get compliments on uh, on how much our can I say shit. Yeah, you can curse yeah. all the fuck you want. Oh, great. Uh, on how how our shit is together and that, you know, it's, I don't even realize it, you know, but just like what you were saying, and I appreciate the, 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 the note and the, like the acknowledgement because we just do it the way, you know, we think, or I think it should be done. Whereas if somebody asks you for, you know, an interview request, you should be able to immediately know the schedule. Or if somebody asks you for a photograph, you should really have all of that right in order. And we do, I mean, it's, it takes seconds for us. The same thing goes with, you know, um, when you uh, advance a show or like a, it, mostly it's the festivals where there's usually a, a little bit more goes into advancing your set and being in, in the festival world. So many people just, just don't get back to you. And it blows my mind much like what you were saying. It's like, this is, this is the job, you know, playing, yeah. playing the music is, is, uh, I think the fun part, I always say that the band gets paid to travel and rehearse mm. because it's, uh, the gigs, you know, that's definitely a good job if you can get it, but you know, driving eight hours in, in a van with seven other people to, you know, play for 65 or, you know, 75 minutes or 90 minutes and then, uh, go do it all over again. is that's, that's difficult. You know, that, that's a difficult uh, lifestyle, to say the least. But somehow I got off on that that note. But uh, what just came up? What, what are we posting right now? Uh, Delfest. Yeah, I did that while we were sitting here before. Yeah. <laughs> sold out. Yeah. Fun stuff. Sold the late night Delfest. is sold out. That's one of, the, one of our favorite festivals to do. We were there last year. We played it two years ago. It was awesome. Uh, and then we had a day off actually last year during it and we went and just hung out there. We actually tried to do a actually, photo you were there. shoot. Yeah, I was there. We, we did a photo shoot of Billy Strings. Yeah, that's right. And then we did an aborted photo shoot of Cabinet. Did we try? We tried. We failed. Was I there? Like, I, I don't, or did I, there. was that one of the times where I sent you off? You sent, you sent me off and, and it didn't go well. Was there a lake involved or water? There was a there was a river that people yeah. were like floating down the river in the mm -hmm. middle of the festival. Yeah. If I had shorts on, I probably would have jumped in, but I'm an idiot and I wear jeans mm -hmm. 365 days of the year. I wear jeans to the beach. Yeah. I do. I do too. Yeah. It's my beach wear. Yeah. <laughs> we're not normal people. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So uh, the the Susquehanna breakdown is now in its fourth year, I believe. The festival's in its fourth year. The breakdown is in its third. Uh, just a brief story. We had one. The first one was called Old Farmer's Ball. And, uh, you know, I did my, what I thought was my due diligence. Uh, that was a, a take off on a, a tune called Old Farmer's Mill that the band has on their first record. So just like that was kind of a no-brainer and I did my research when I was you know buying the URL and all that and I found a uh, an event of the same name in the Carolinas and uh, the, the the site appeared to be uh, unattended and outdated uh, so I I you know just went for it uh, lo and behold we were on tour about 
a month and a half before the festival and I got a cease and desist from their attorney. Now I will say they were wonderful and they licensed the name to us for the, for the years for $10 hmm. and didn't, uh, didn't ask us to pull it down or sue us or anything like that. So I can't speak higher or, you know, more highly of those folks, but, uh, Ultimately, you know, in between year one and two, there was a lot of back and forth of what we were going to call the festival. And I mean, we went, we went through a lot. There was a, damn, there was, there was, there was a lot of funny names in the sense of what we thought we were going to be able to pull off. But I mean, think about, you know, 15 years ago and some, you know, and Superfly came up and said, you know, we're going to do Bonnaroo you know, or Vegus. I mean, obviously Vegus doesn't exist anymore, but like some of the names are whatever. So I, I was thinking about that and long story short, Susquehanna Breakdown is another song and we just went with that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, $10 is pretty economical licensing fee. Yeah. And, and I mean, they, they were, they were wonderful about it. I mean, I, I, I did the, the whole thing of, you know, long story short is I did my best to try to keep it and they were, you know, they were just like, they weren't having it. So, but I don't have a bad word to say because they could have really screwed us over. And they didn't. Now, does that still exist now? Uh-huh. What it is, is it's a, uh, and I'll give them a little shout out, but it's it's around the Asheville, North Carolina area. And it's more of like a uh, uh, contra dance, which is, you know, it, it's not a square dance at all, but imagine that kind of vibe with, you know, Americana and bluegrass type of thing. And, you know, community-based, uh, but, you know, my argument was like, you guys are never going to leave North Carolina. We're never going to leave Pennsylvania. What do you say? And uh, we ultimately, you know, they ultimately thought it was just a little too uh, confusing for the fans. So we said, okay, cool. Hmm. And, uh, but now we're going into the fourth year of the festival and the third year of the, the breakdown. So, which actually I'm, I'm pretty excited because, uh, I think the, the breakdown sounds, you know, we've, we've, you know, you've kind of done something okay when, uh, your festival or your event or is known by like a, an alias and people just call it the breakdown. Right. When so, it gets a nickname. Yeah. Mm. You know, and the ball was, you know not a very uh uh brings a lot of whole different connotations sure but i mean it like you know if you you know hashtag the ball there's like 1.2 million the balls yeah you know (laughs) so it's you know i mean the breakdown is still you know it's in the thousands but i I don't think that if you accidentally hashtag the balls then it takes it to a whole new level yeah, it does. I, I didn't think about that, but I mean, we we dealt with that old farmers' balls and stuff, and it was like, <laughs> yeah. So it, again, it was. So we should talk about the lineup. There's a pretty pretty stellar. There are there are there year. are bands this year. There uh, are bands. There's always been bands. Yeah. There's no money notes, which pisses me off. But we won't get into my negative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the tough part is, you know, I mean, I think actually, I know Mike is on tour during that time with uh, Quiet Life and what have you. But uh, I don't understand how these are my problems. <laughs> really don't uh but yeah this is we're, we're super excited on on this particular lineup um not that you know any any lineup in the past wasn't as well thought out or curated by you know the the powers that be that you know put the lineup together uh but we uh this one we would have taken any one of the headliners any of the years 
and now we have them all basically on one on one festival. So, uh, you know, we're we're super thrilled that we were able to get you know uh, the, the the caliber of artists that we did, and it just really works out because over the you know the years the band has you know grown to a level where you know they're these folks are colleagues as opposed to you know. Um, you know, people that are, are, we're at a different level than they are, you know, so we're happy about that. And I mean, you know, most people that are like most of the, the musicians, like we all know personally and almost to the point of like calling on the phone and checking in at least somebody on every camp, somebody knows to, uh, you know, just to shoot a text or say hello. And that it's interesting. Uh, and you'll see, it all come to fruition, no pun intended, because fruition is at the festival. <laughs> but uh, at the at the event, you'll see you know a lot of uh, guest spots and a lot of people sitting in and a lot of different uh, uh, collaborations, uh, to say the least. Yeah, a lot of the uh, side stages seem to have uh, people joining up together and stuff like that. Yeah, we have. Uh, I mean the. We do a VIP element every year, and uh, it's important to me as you know one of the producers and one of the directors to make sure that you know folks that are um, spending that extra money f- get value out of it. And uh, so we we're doing these short VIP sets that you know you know we have JP and Pappy are doing like a Merle Haggard tribute set and. Tom Graham is going to do Tom Petty and Chris Carney is going to do John Prine. And then the one that I'm really excited about, and I don't want to rub it into the folks that didn't buy, buy VIP tickets, which sold out a while ago mm. is the, uh, the Beyondo cousins uh, singing uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Uh, and if anybody out there has ever been to a Beyondo family reunion, you'll know what I'm talking about. So it's <laughs> that one's going to be, uh, pretty, pretty amazing. And then uh, Tim Carbone and JP are doing uh, another uh, VIP set, but you'll see all kind of collaborations throughout the the day for sure. So getting, getting back to uh, the band being on that next level of becoming colleagues, I think we actually watched that happen. Like that moment two years ago at the Peach Festival on the Mushroom stage when they walked on stage in front of about 2,000 people. Oh, it's about and walked off 6, stage and, people. Well, they walked off stage in front of probably seven or eight who were. Oh, when they started, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree with you there. Yeah. Like, when they it was, started, it, it was, was one thing. And when they ended, it was. It was a moment to behold. Like yeah. they just, they owned it. Like they took over the whole festival for that hour. Yeah. yeah. That was probably one of my favorite sets they've ever done, short of. Uh, Halloween last year was good, but the, and then the 2014 Halloween was probably the best set I've ever seen them play. But anyway, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's just the hard work and the perseverance is paying off, you know, uh, like I said before, it's, it's, it's extremely difficult. You know, you just ask any, any one of the wives or, you know, girlfriends and they'll tell you how, how much work and goes into it and how much sacrifice goes into it to, to say the least. Um, but you know, I, I think we're, we're to a point now where there's at least a foothold to, to take the next step, you know, like, but you know, we, we don't think that we're anywhere and, and it's just simply, there's a lot more work to do to get to where we want to be. 
but you know we're 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 proud of of what we've done in the in the past i guess would be the the simple way to put it yeah i mean the 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 susquehanna breakdown really break you know kind of uh uh starts off the whole pavilion season essentially mm-hmm. and um uh, you know, it seems like a bigger and bigger draw every year, particularly, you know, this year with, you know, some of the big headliners and everything. Uh, how, how, how did the festival, uh, you know, continue to grow and get to that point? I mean, what do you, what do you guys have to do behind the scenes to get to that level, whether it's the band or, you know, you and, and Melissa, you know, working uh, behind the scenes to get it to where it is now? Well, there, there's a, there's a large team. So we, co-promote this and co-produce this with with the with live nation uh the basically the obviously the venue the pavilion and the philadelphia office who also you know bring uh peach and camp bisco as well as all of the other programming for the season to the mountain but uh so that team you know is integral every year and and this year even you know i would say even more than most uh, but the short answer is, you know, the ba- the cabinet, you know, getting out and doing what they do in their profile growing, which it certainly has grown since year one to now going into year four. Uh, and then ultimately, um, the, the, the talent is, is where the, you know, obviously where the, the, you know, the bread and butter of the festival is, uh, you know, we'll say like a name recognition thing, um, but not even that it's just the caliber of music that you know bands that travel the world playing music you know and definitely all over the country playing music and um simply you know that's that's pretty much it and then we just we ultimately end up you know spending a, a few more dollars on uh marketing and and advertising uh just because you know we we set aside more money from the year before to to spread the word as much as possible and it, it's still like you know we're we're in a uh, you know we're happy with where we are this year uh you know with our our event uh ticket sales wise and what have you uh but it, it's it's always a, a difficult uh sell in this market to bring this kind of thing uh this this style of music to this this particular area um just because it's it's kind of pretty specific group of people that we're appealing to you know it's we've always scratched our head it's like you know what can we get you know that will you know we'll end up bringing 15,000 people up there and all you got to do is look at you know peach or bisco and say all right well we we need you know the best of the best and we got the best of the best um you know as far as i'm concerned uh at the at the level that that the festival is, you know, I mean, if we mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, go into the, uh, you know, have the idea of like, you know, really go after it, I mean, it would, it just, it, you know, costs money. <laughs> it's really it's, it's a lot. How many bands are, are Peach Festival veterans that are playing on this this? Um, I I mean, main stage wise. I mean, working back from the top, so railroad definitely is. String dusters definitely are. We, of course, are. And uh, of all those bands, you know, uh, uh, we're the only ones that that have done all of the uh, leading up to this year. All of all of the Peach festivals. Uh, Twiddle definitely has. Um, Driftwood has. 
uh, I think they had already announced that Flux is doing it this year. I don't believe they did it last year, Flux Capacitor. Um, I think that's it. So, you know, 50% maybe, a little bit under. It's a good number. Yeah, yeah. So everybody knows their way there. Yeah, everybody knows how to get there. They are musicians, so they still won't be on time, but they know where it is. I disagree. I disagree. The, you know, the, that's, uh, you know, you know me long enough to know that I, you know, I mean, I, I you're running, here you're half running an tight, hour. Yeah, I was half an hour early to get here. I, it's just, <laughs> that's another thing that I think people respect about the, the cabinet and the band, you know, that even though, uh, you know, there's the occasion where you're late, but, you know, we, we, we show up on time, we're ready to work and we know what we're doing. And, and that goes a long way. You know, uh, I've had a couple of people give me some comments on that and it, uh, uh, we, we appreciate, you know, that, uh, it gets noticed I mean, we don't do it to get noticed. We do it because you're just supposed to be there at that time, but yeah, it definitely doesn't hurt. <laughs> so what are, what are some of your favorite, uh, memories from the last couple of years of, uh, Susquehanna breakdown? Uh, it's funny, uh, and Jason actually took a pretty interesting photo of me last year. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, in years past, this is the first year, let, let me just uh, say, this is the first year that I'll actually, uh, I won't be running a stage, I won't be a production manager, I won't be, uh, um, you know, kind of, we, we've we've been able to... Uh, delegate you know kind of those roles to other folks uh so this year uh i should be able to make a memory or two other than you know running around like like an idiot uh so uh the the one that sticks out uh, the most in my mind is um the year before last the headlining slot uh just watching the guys play it was you know, we had a couple thousand people. And again, it's that, that area holds probably about 3000 people, you know, maybe, maybe about 3,500, uh, you know, how we have it set up. And it was, you know, it was, it was between guests and everything. It was pretty damn full, you know, and it, it just looked great and made us feel, you know, pretty, pretty satisfied with, with how it, how we, uh, you know, hosted and ran our event. So, um, Usually my favorite memory is uh, the late night band on Saturday because that means it's over. And, and, <laughs> and, I, and I mean that, you know, in a positive way because it's, you know, we, you know, knock on wood, we, you know, we're, we're pretty, uh, we take our, ourselves, you know, uh, not too seriously, but I mean, everything we do, we take very seriously. And it's, uh, you know, we just, you just want to run on basically a, a safe first and foremost and, and a fun family friendly event that um, everybody has a blast at and will want to keep doing into the far future which is the name of one of the bands on the festival the far future yes it is that's Mickey Coviello's new solo project it's lovely you should come check it out I believe it's on the B stage which was the breakdown stage at I want to say 1pm on Saturday, the 21st of May. We, we could look into that. Yeah. We all have small God, computers in our hands. Some way. <laughs> so my my favorite memory of last year's uh, 
breakdown, which I'm going to fully admit I don't have a lot of mm-hmm. memories of last year's breakdown. But around 7.15 a.m., I was in my bed on Saturday morning, and I got a, I got a phone call from one Bill Orner, mm-hmm. which I don't know if I answered or if I got the message that you left, but it was definitely... I was unhappy. <laughs> he was not thrilled, and, it, and the message was, is that your vehicle behind my stage? Click. <laughs> his his car. What, I didn't. Are park you familiar it there. with you? Familiar with the, the? I didn't park the, it there. The like the the dock where you know the tractor trailers and yeah. buses and what have you park. That is true. You did tell me you didn't park it there, but someone parked his car in a way that we couldn't get in. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't think we've ever had anybody come up in a bus and I don't know if railroads coming in a bus this year cause they are from New Jersey. Uh, but we had something that had to come in and, uh, his car was right in the way. And I, I, I was unhappy at that point because it was like, you know, again, you talk about a well-oiled machine. I mean, we, we advance, we make sure everything is scheduled. We're here, we're this, everything is perfect. And then there's this fucking guy's car <laughs> in the middle of the parking, you know, now, the, the, I was loading dock removed from the premises by the Vipe mm-hmm. who, who felt I had, I had contributed enough to Friday night's festivities. Right. And, and I parked my car to unload my photo equipment and somebody walked up and they're like, do you want me to move that for you? And I was like, Yeah. And apparently they parked it behind the stage. So then I get, and I got up there pretty quickly. You did. You did. Which I had to call. You looked, you were green. Yeah. I had to call my mother. Yeah. To come drive me <laughs> yeah. up the mountain at eight in the morning. She was thrilled. She's so consistently thrilled with me all through the years though. But uh, I got there and I started editing. Off? Yeah. There's some puke on my shoes, but we're not going to get into that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I started editing photos that I'd shot the night before. And I get to these pictures of of Tom Graham and Justin Mazur. And I'm, I didn't fucking take these pictures. Who the fuck had my... So I start freaking out and screaming at people. <laughs> and uh, Justin Mazur walks by and I'm like, Justin, who took these fucking pictures with my camera? And he looks at me and he's like, dude. You did. You took those pictures. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to take a nap for about three hours. Yeah. And I laid down on the couch and took a nap for about three hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you do you plan on going as hardcore this year? No, 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 he doesn't. No, I don't. Good. I don't even know why. And it's a funny statement to make, but I don't know why I was in a bad mood that night. But I know that I was. Hard to say. The wind was blowing that way, maybe. Yeah. I wonder what her name was. <laughs> <laughs> windy. Indeed, Windy. Yeah. So, uh, uh, speaking of, you know, memories and reminiscing and stuff like that, I'm sure you probably have some interesting stories, uh, from the road in terms of, uh, you know, being with the band for this many years and, uh, you know, seeing all kinds of things. I'd imagine you probably have, uh, you know, maybe one or two that pop out in your mind. Yeah. I mean, there's, there are lots, I mean, but before cabinet, I was on the road with, uh, the money notes for a long time. And then, mm-hmm. you know, a hundred years ago, I, I actually played music. So we, you know, we, we did that. And I mean, uh, <laughs> there are, there are many, but I, you know, I'm trying to think of, of one that, you know, doesn't implicate anybody in any crimes first and <laughs> foremost. And, uh, you know, 
I don't know. You know, there's there, there's just a lot of them out there, and you know, I you know, it's almost like a what happens on the road stays on the road thing. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that the one thing is though, is I, and I'm pretty much kidding on that. Is like that's the beauty of the uh, you know these guys is they're all family men and it's such a nice thing that I, you know, that's any of that like rock and roll kind of thing. It's not the seventies, it's not the eighties or the nineties. Like it just, you know, it just doesn't sure. happen. I mean, we, we go play the gig, load out, you know, maybe grab a six pack for the hotel room and then load eight dudes into a van. Uh, now it's six dudes in a, in a, uh, we have a female tour manager who's doing a great job, but, uh, you know, loading eight dudes in a van going to two hotel rooms and, you know, do the math, you know, two doubles, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, then go to sleep and get up and do it again the next day. So, I mean, most of the fun stuff is like, you know, uh, those that time where you're at a festival or something and you know so and so you know you play early and then you know then you just hang out all night long and it's 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 not necessarily like crazy times it's or or you know specific situations it's uh it's kind of every time is a good time you know but but it's because we work so hard you know you, you when you can actually finally relax and take a look around uh you know, a few beers, a few laughs. It's, it's, it's a good time, uh, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. I wound up drinking with Robbie Krieger from the doors until like three in the morning, two Fridays ago. Oh, yeah? That was interesting. Uh, is and he I, on the breakdown? No, he is oh. not on the breakdown. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, we, we tend to start to get off on tangents at this right? point. You, you I will tell you though, for a 70 year old man, he can still fucking play and he can still drink. I just saw Willie played twice and he's, he just turned 83 the other day. Ridiculous. It's good. Willie's good. Willie's really, really good. Is he on the breakdown? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You Special heard that guest. first. Exclusive to <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie to you. Every, every year, that's the first one I ask, you know, when we, every we year start talking Willie booking Nelson. and it's like, we don't ask him, you know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, we, I asked the, uh, the the business folks is like, can we get Willie this year? <laughs> can we get Willie this year? We well, better hurry up. He's get Willie's going to live to be 175 years old. Wow, that's I mean that's I thought that about Lemmy. So well, he drank too much soda. Yeah, rest in peace. Well, he switched to vodka in his later years because oh right, well brown liquor will kill you for health reasons. He switched from whiskey to vodka. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah, Lemmy, Lemmy, I think, was living a bit harder than yeah. uh, Willie ever Yeah, has. a little bit. I, I was watching a documentary about him the other day, and he told his, his son was recounting a story of when he told him not to do drugs. He said, just don't ever do drugs. Just do speed. That's all right. But don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even think Willie drinks. No? I don't think so. Uh, I, th I hear he smokes pot. I don't know where you heard that. That doesn't sound right. Doesn't he have his own like brand of pot now? It's coming out. It's not out yet. It's not available in Colorado, California, and soon to be Pennsylvania. I don't believe so. Hmm. Working on it. Mm -hmm. Willie Nelson pot, everybody. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, Whoopi Goldberg marijuana brand coming out. Willie did a song with Snoop Dogg. Roll me up and smoke me when I die. It's just fucking amazing. It's... <laughs> There was a point in time where that was one of my least favorite songs of all time. Um, 
seeing him perform it, 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 it it's not so his, bad. His Snoop Dogg free live version is is yeah. far superior than the Snoop Dogg version. I, I, yes, but yes. can you imagine what that recording studio was like that day? Skunks on the loose. Yeah, <laughs> and and the and the inner. What I'm really thinking about is the intertwining entourages of Willie Nelson and Snoop Dogg all hanging out together. Yeah, that's that must have been real interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just the uh, you know. I mean, Although, do you think they were even at the studio on the same day? It's you know, it's maybe maybe not. Work. I mean, that's a good that's a great question. But I mean, you know, Snoop, in my opinion, would have you know be rolling eight deep because I'm pretty sure he has a professional joint roller. Like I'm, I'm 90, no, that's that's Rick Ross. But I'm ninety nine percent sure that Snoop's got a just a guy that they be pays to roll joints. joints. Again, that's, that's you know, God, urban legend, folklore, life goals, uh, man. But life goals. I think I think <laughs> Willie rolls with like one person. I don't really, know, yeah, driver maybe. Isn't that his harmonica player too? Didn't I hear that? His harmonica player is his driver. I wouldn't doubt it. Could be. I think I heard that somewhere. I could be making it up too. Fuck it. I had a shitty weekend. <laughs> Sorry. I promised your wife I would sing, by the way. So we can't. We can't. At, oh. at some no, point, that has wife. to happen. Yeah. Well, not now. I have not to be. Now. I have to be struck in the moment to sing. I think There's I'm going to do uh, Red Eye to Red Eye to Blue by uh, Wilco tonight. <laughs> It's my song right. of choice today. That's fair. Cool. Got some drugs, can a phone on the way. That's it. I'm done. It's here for Jason Reed Miller, everybody. All right. Bravo. So where were we? What were we saying? What happened? We were talking about Willie and Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Professional joint rollers, life goals. I was in the Atlanta airport, which is the only airport you can smoke in in America now. Mm-hmm. So I've told. I, I, I disagree. No, I was, I there was are told. smoking lounges in several. There's one in Colorado. There's one in Detroit. There's one in. This is good to know, as yeah. I travel quite extensively all, for work. all hubs. Not all hubs, North Carolina. There's no smoking. Philadelphia. What I no what smoking. I meant by was what uh, those are all hubs, not all hubs. Oh, okay. Mm. But I anyway, apologize. <laughs> so I go into the smoking room in uh in the Atlanta airport, which you don't even really need to smoke. Once you go into the room, because <laughs> yeah. you're really getting hot boxed in there. Yeah. But a man sat down next to me, and this dude, he was anywhere from 80 to like 120. I couldn't really tell. And he sits down next to me, pulls out an attache case that looked like it was about as old as him, mm-hmm. opens it up, two cartons of Marlboro lights, and a big fucking metal lighter. And that was it. That was all that was in his his travel bag. <laughs> and I was like, oh, life goals. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can you can keep pulling it off. I just bought my first pack in, in a while. Because I'm home now. You got to smoke when you're in Scranton. Scranton will kill you. I used yeah. to have such a good life when I didn't live here. Yeah, I, I was out, out traveling, working. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I didn't, I had maybe two smokes in a month. Went to work every day, came home to my dog and my girlfriend, went to bed. That sounds glorious. It was great. It was, it was mundane. Boring as but, fuck. Jesus. But then you move back to Scranton and, man, everything just goes to shit, doesn't it? I, I don't think so at all. This fucking town. You got to choose oh, your own turning adventure, the, man. You're you turning into one of those adventure. now. I, it's just today. Like, well, no, actually, it's not. Friday, Friday <laughs> and Saturday morning were great. Sunday sucked. I had a shitty Sunday. That's an old U2 song, isn't it? Sunday, yeah. shitty Sunday. Sunday, yeah. shitty Sunday. There's puke on your shoes. <laughs> is, that, is that a haiku? 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I guess I got to buy new shoes now. We could wash them. Yeah, they're pretty old. I bronze them. Yeah. So uh, getting back to music. Oh, yeah. Since, since that's what we're here to talk about. How did you transition from music to management? Um, so going back to the, uh, I guess would be the early 2000s. Um, I had a band. Uh, then I had another band. And then that second band, we decided, uh, one of the guitar players and myself decided that we were going to start a small label, mm. uh, which is basically just to put our own stuff out, which we kept doing. And, uh, we put out a handful of records and, uh, that obviously takes a bit of administration and, uh, uh, kind of, uh, oversight so uh and I, I had always done all the booking for the bands that i was in and always done all the advancing which at that time was you would say do you want me there at eight o'clock and that would be it you know or you call and have the sound company come and yada yada uh but uh slowly you know i turned 30 or whatever and i was like you know well, i'm kind of getting it's one thing if you're in an established thing and it's working, but you know, we, we set down the second band and it was like, I'm not going to start another band and like try to be out there in a van at like 30, you know, uh, that this is my own personal rationale. So, uh, uh, you know, we, we kept the, the, the label working and then, uh, you know, the band started to get, you know, the desire to go on the road. Cause we knew the only way to move records was if you were traveling, uh, outside of your home base, you know, so, uh, money notes, I booked, well, I booked all their tours, but, uh, so that would mean I booked their very first tour. Uh, but we, we went down, it was actually, it was still Dr. Horse Machine and the money notes and okay, Patty. And we did like five shows in six days. And by the end of that, um, okay, Patty was done. Dr. Horse Machine was done. And it was just, they combined forces and were just in the money notes after, <laughs> after that. And, uh, so we, you know, just put out a few records and just slowly got into learning how to do, put out records, slowly how to markets. And then all the while, like we're putting on events, you know, I mean, we, you know, uh, a buddy of mine, buddy of ours, Mike Stalter, he, he used to, you know, we used to go, we would put on shows anywhere in town, you know, like, I mean, except for maybe Cooper's, I think I've done something and, you know, <laughs> but I mean, the, the couple of the guys from the old band used to play there as well, but, um, but, you know, we just put on events and, and it's all marketing. It's all the same kind of thing, logistics. And then start, you add records to it. And then, um, you know, you add the touring element to it. So, and then the travel stuff. So whether you're renting cars or booking hotels or, you know, just doing budgets. So, you know, if you can pay for it, which in the beginning, it never paid for itself. And it mm. was... <laughs> was what it was. Um, and then, like I said before, you know, I was, you know, I worked downtown at a, at the bog bartending for years and the, some of the cabinet guys had just turned 21. One dude came in and said, I want to do a solo record. And, uh, we went up to the windmill agency up to Eric Ritter's place and recorded it and, um, started moving forward with that. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, we need a guy and okay, I'll be your guy. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not not that uh, uh, you know exciting of a story, but it's 
That's my story. <laughs> so I'm sure in that time, you've probably seen uh, the local music scene uh, probably change so much in terms of, uh, you know, uh, where bands were then, where they are now, where the, the music is gone too. you know, the different uh, uh, genres that have come and gone and, and uh, the, the different bands that have come and gone over the years. Uh, uh, how, how would you say it's, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's changed or developed or uh, for better or worse around here? Um, I have to say that I'm not, uh, super familiar, but I'm getting more acquainted with it as like, I, like I said, I, I travel a bit more than I ever have in the past for probably about the past like two years. Mm-hmm. So I'm not around. However, though, you know, I've been seeing some, uh, I've been trying to, to take a bit, you know, from, from your uh, publication and or would it be a publication? What do you call it? I mean, yeah, I, I consider it a publication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but just, you know, following that, I mean, and just seeing who's doing what, um, because we're always on the lookout for, you know, bands that we, you know, whether it be for the breakdown or just, just in general. Hmm. Uh, but so, so I just wanted to preface with, I don't have like a whole lot of, uh, insight into what's happening currently but i mean you know a decade plus ago like you know that's when i was in a band and and we were uh you know i mean there was a point in time where you know we were playing five to seven days a week within like a 30 mile span and doing okay now i mean my 39 year old self would be like what are you doing <laughs> you know but then it was again a little it's a i guess you could say like not necessarily a generation ago but in the sense of pretty close right yeah you know i mean i was you know my early to mid 20s and it was just a, a different time in the sense of you know it was it truly was like a, a pre it was pre myspace time so i mean i, I mean myspace is so it's, <laughs> it's old these days and we were doing this before that so we had no social media you know we did a lot of posters we did a lot of ads we did radio stuff and and you know th- this was not a thing a podcast was not a thing you know yeah uh but we uh we just went and we hit every corner bar from you know, up in the, like Wayne County down to like, uh, you know, I mean, I think the farthest south we would go would be like Bloomsburg or something and then out to State College and occasionally New Jersey, occasionally Pittsburgh. But, you know, anyway, it, we just played all the time and there were a lot of bands doing it. You know, there were probably at that time and I don't think you, Jason, were here then. You were, uh, no, I know you were I, I moved I here were. in um, 2007. Yeah. So that, the, the, but there were, you know, the argument can go that there were a lot more places that you could earn a buck at playing. Um, there were a lot more bands, so it was a bit more competitive, but we were all friendly for the most part. Mm. Um, and then it was, you know, fan base, which is what it is always about. Um, it's super hard to, to build and maintain a fan base these days. Uh, in general and then uh you know it, it around these parts i actually think now is the best it's been in a long time mm. you know um like i said without having a whole lot of uh insight into it you know i start to i see you know there are spots you know regularly having shows and i mean i remember when when we were younger um uh, 
and I used to do all the booking for the bog and a couple other smaller places. I would do some of it, you know, even when Tinks was, you know, I, I, I threw my hat in the concert promoter ring for about 18 months, uh, <laughs> years ago. And, uh, uh, although I still kind of do that now, of course, at the festival that, that, mm. that was, that was not a lot of fun. Uh, it's really expensive if you don't sell the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, like the bog, I mean, you couldn't even, and it's still kind of that way now, which is amazing for those guys, but like you couldn't play there on a weekend. It was, it was just too crowded. I mean, it, mm. you played there on a Wednesday or you didn't. And that was, that was it, you know? So now they occasionally will do some music on the weekends, but you know, th we, we were lucky to have, you know, those three guys down there willing to, you know, let us have that place. And it's, you know, we, we, we did, we did a lot of work out of there for sure, you know? Yeah. Uh, but now it's, it, it's, it's harder to get people in the door now, you know, I mean, the cover hasn't changed in, in 15 years, Nope. <laughs> $5. And, you know, any band that, or a band member that may or not, may not listen to this will probably, you know, nod their head up and down and being like, you know, what the hell? Like, you know, I mean, five bucks and people still like, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> fucking $5. I oh, mean, right. Five you know, and, and I, and I will, and, and, and this is, uh, can we get a twofer? Yeah. Right. It's like, oh dude, $5. And, but, but again, I, I mean, it, it's understandable. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, it, it, people want to go with what they know. It's human nature. There's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, Sometimes people just prefer to hear the jukebox because I mean, there's, again, it's, it depends on people's tastes. It depends on, you know, the way the, you know, the way the, 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 the scene is going, uh, you know, one room can be like a, you know, a metal or a rock room and that band rolls in whatever that band is for the, for that time rolls in and the night is jammed. And then you try to do something else even if it's the same thing and it, it, there's tumbleweeds then, you know, a different time. So it's, sure. there's definitely an, I feel, uh, 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 there's a lot of luck to it. And then, but then there's also, you know, perseverance and a little bit of skill, a little bit of, there's an art to it in the sense of, um, being able to feel it out and almost sometimes cutting your losses and saying, all right, well, this isn't working here and we should try something else. And, perhaps move on, you know, but, uh, hopefully it's, it's, uh, kind of turning around these days. I mean, there's, there's still a few places I see that are still hosting music and it's just, you know, that's amazing and wonderful that people are still taking that risk. Yeah. Well, there's so many venues too that, uh, from that era that came and went, you know, like the bog is still there, but a lot of the places that surrounded it, a lot of the places, uh, you know, I can think of in Wilkes-Barre, Pittston area, things like that, you know, all, all kind of come and gone, you know, and a few have popped up in their place, but not nearly as many, I don't think. Well, I would say besides River Street, who, you know, I mean, Tom has always done a great job down there and as well as Rob Friedman, you know, they've, they've always done a good job of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, filling that place full of music for, I mean, I remember I was, I wanted to go there before I was 21 and I couldn't, you know, obviously. And, uh, so that's been there a long time, you know, uh, yeah. but, uh, besides that, I mean, I don't know, there was a place called Old Time Charlie's, which was on River Street, but the other side of the bridge, I don't know if that's still there, but it's still there. Is it? Do they still do music? That I don't know. But yeah, I drive Brian down there. He's a he's a great guy. Uh, uh, but you know, those are 
besides the bog, I mean, there, the, what's what's left? I mean, I could go down the list of places that that you know uh, we used to do, the old bands that I was in. We used to do well at like I mean Farley's. We would put. I think the most we did one night was like, well, let's just say it was it was over 500 people in the room. And it, it, we couldn't believe it when they came to pay us. We we're like, how many? <laughs> so, you know, and then you have, well, I mean, the uh, Barton Irby's other side down there, that that's still going. Uh, yeah. But that was kind of toward the end. Uh, yeah, it's 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 hard. And I will say it, you know, um, the one opportunity the bog gave us was the ability to um, bring in touring acts. And that's the first time that I was able to start kind of networking with people out of the area. Mm. And that, you know, it, that gets overwhelming very quickly because, um, you go out on tour and hit 12 cities and, you know, you make friends with 12 minimum of 12 different bands all of those bands are touring bands doing the same thing you're trying to do. So then they all want to tour. Like I remember one year and this was when I think I drove the nail into the coffin of uh regular music at the bog. I wanted to do a road to CMJ, mm. you know, and which is in uh, October in New York city. And, uh, we did it, and I was. I said to Brian, I was like Brian Craig, one of the owners. I was like, "This would be great, man. We could pay back all the favors that we got over the years. You know, we'll do two bands a night. Everybody's going to CMJ." And uh, by Thursday, he was just like, "We're done. We're done. We're done. We're, we're, that's it." You know, and it was a while. It was a while before they would, you know, before they brought music back in there again. And uh, uh, but, you know, even, you know, it used to be where, you know, you occasionally get like a touring band in and, you know, try to get that opening slot or something. And because the band's always looking for local support. But even, you know, right now, I think, you know, and I see the vault thing over there with, with, with Menzingers, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, definitely uh, an undertaking to say the least, you know, uh, so you got to give them credit for that. But I mean, you just had like Will Beekman down at the, the Kirby Center and doing the, the lobby series. Yeah. Uh, that's it, I would say. Uh, well, but I did see like, it was Floodwood and then there was, uh, who was the was a rock and roll band down at uh, uh, the other side not too long ago. So, uh, you know, and I think that's, is that Brittany doing that down there? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was originally supposed to be at that new place that was opening in the old tanks. And then that never came to fruition. So the show got moved. Which one was that? The Floodwood. Floodwood was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. supposed to be the old tanks. That was supposed to be really? the opening show at that new. Yeah. I don't know what's Floodwood, going on. The guys with that. Like, I know. I know what like, happened. Like but... the, the bluegrass band Floodwood? The Floodwood with the guys from Mo. The one guy from Mo. One guy from Mo. Yeah. Whatever. Vinny's still in. Al's out. Oh, sorry. No, 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 I'm, I'm not up. On, yeah, I'm not up on the current members of Floodwood. It's I'm about. sorry. <laughs> you didn't. You don't get my weekly memo about Floodwood. No. Yeah. No, I don't get that. But uh, flood. What would you do? You don't. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. But yeah, that was supposed to be. What was even the name of that place going to be? I don't remember. But that got moved to the other side because that place never opened. Right. They're like, yeah, we're opening. No, we're not. Uh, levels. Levels. Right. Because right. that's the sound. Levels on Linden. Which was a venue in State College until six months ago. Yeah. Maybe mm. eight which months ago. Which was a club. The, club. It was a crowbar. Is levels that? used to be the crowbar. Levels used to be the crowbar. And now that's not a thing anymore either. Uh -uh. There was a place where I saw the Hold Steady play that was like a dance club and they converted it for the show. 
and state then, college. Yeah. And then the next night somebody got killed. So that place isn't open anymore. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> in terms of story, <laughs> I told you, uh, I mean, obviously we've kind of touched on a lot of that stuff already, but, uh, we do have a lot of, uh, you know, artists and bands and things that listen to the show and, uh, you know, read the site and stuff like that. So what kind of advice would you have for those, uh, type of people for, uh, different musicians at different levels, uh, you know, trying to get to the level that cabinet is at. And, and I do appreciate that, you know, people think that they are at a, at a, you know, a level that is, you know, anything more than, you know, uh, what everybody else is at, but, uh, you know, the, what has worked and, you know, the, I won't, not that I have any advice, but what has worked is just sticking with it. Mm. You know, it, it's, it sucks. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it is a lot of lows for a little bit of the highs. And, uh, but I will say it gets, uh, easier to deal with. And, um, you really, you know, if you want it, you, you have to want it. And, uh, I've been lucky enough and, you know, I'm 39. This is only my second year of like, I, I work in the music business now, which is still weird for me to say, but cause I always had a, you know, I have a degree in something that is not even close to the music <laughs> business, you know, and I, I work you know, in a, I had a completely different life. I lived, I lived two lives for years. Mm. I hardly slept for my twenties and that's, that's no, no joke. And it wasn't like a drug thing. It was just that I would work all day, play music all night and then, uh, get up and go to work at 5 AM, you know? And yeah. uh, I mean, I remember many times driving back from New York city to play for, you know, 17 people on a Wednesday, uh, you know, leave right after work, deal with Manhattan traffic, barely get to play your set, play your, you know, 45 minutes, no money, you know, have two beers at the bar, get back in, you know, you hop into bed at like three 30 and then the alarm goes off and do it. And then I, I did that for years, you know, whether it was New York or Philadelphia or, and then still keeping all the, the, you know, the, you know, 15 to 20 shows a, a year, or I'm sorry, a week, a month rather, uh, here. But the, the simple fact of the matter is, is just, you got to stick with it. Um, which is, again, I wish I had some kind of magical formula cause that's, that's what I'm doing. I mean, we still, again, there's a lot of work to do, you know, I mean, if, if you looked at my to-do list, you know, it's five, five rows now that have each probably have, you know, 15 of 30 things on each of them. And <laughs> that's every day. I mean, I, I sit down at the end of every night at about 11 o'clock and I go through what, you know, I, I want to do in the morning mm -hmm. and then I relax for an hour, but about 11 to midnight is, is probably my only personal time for the day. And then I wake up at six if I'm not on the road and start it all over again. Um, because I find that that like six to nine period, I can get a lot done. And then the phone starts to ring and the emails start to come through and then it's, you know, then you're distracted. So, yeah. So I'm lucky to have, uh, you know, like I say, we have Melissa on the team and, you know, we're, we're developing some new, uh, contacts and relationships and, uh, you'll see sooner than later, uh, I'm going to announce, uh, actually a, a full on management company that, uh, uh, was a long time, you know, 20 years in the making, I guess. And, uh, um, super proud of that. But, uh, we were hoping to announce at the festival, but, uh, we still may, but we're, you know, we're dotting the I's and crossing the T's, you know? Sure. Uh, but, and that's, that's the last thing I'll add is, you know, 
keep it on top of your, 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 uh, your stuff, you know? And it's, I, I don't even want to like, you know, say, uh, because you know, everything there's stuff is bound to fall through the cracks and then by, uh, I'm not a teacher nor am I a, a perfect person. So, I mean, you could shoot holes in all of these theories that I'm saying for sure, <laughs> you know, like, you know, Hey, I saw you asleep yesterday, you know, at eight o'clock in the morning and thought you said you got up at six, you know, but I don't know who would have seen me actually. So if somebody were in my house, then I would like to know who that is. It seems like something Jason would it do. It does seem like that. But the point is in kind of this theme of, uh, you know, with our, our marketing and with our advancing and it just, make sure your shit's together. Yeah. It goes a long way. And it's, it's almost in a selfish way because if every time somebody's asking you for something, you got to run around and, and grab a video from here and grab, and this is just one example and grab a song from here and grab a photo from there. Well, that's just, think about the, the, the effort that you've wasted and you could either be booking something or doing something else that if you just simply have it in a, in a simple standard I mean, keep it in a Word document and just copy and paste it every time. That's what I do. You know, it's like, okay, show comes in. We have just protocols, man. That's, that's all it is. It's just being organized. And I hope I'm better organized tomorrow than I was today and so on and so forth. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, that's it. You know, that, that's, that's my goal is like, <laughs> I'll know I've made it. And I, that's a very relative term when like, every single thing is in a word doc or a spreadsheet and I can just, <laughs> that, that's the glamour of you, it, man. You'll, you'll never have to say or do anything again. It's all automated. That's it. That I point. mean, if you were to look at my phone, like he's saying, like I was literally sitting here and I have all the ad mats for the week in a, in a Google drive and it's in a drive folder rather. And it's okay. I look at the schedule. All right. It's, it's this time of night is when I post this and bop, bop, and here we go. And all right, I'm, my shit's covered because I get anxiety if, if the socials aren't rolling because there's so much obligation to, you know, to the people that you, uh, you know, somebody books you, there, there's a, a mutual agreement that, you know, it doesn't stop there. You know, there's a mutual agreement that it's like, okay, well, you know, you need, we would prefer it if you ask, you know, or, uh, if you spread the word and let people know you're going to be here. Yeah. Cause that, that's a big part of building a fan base is letting people know that you're going to be there. Jason, <laughs> yeah. would you agree? I would totally agree with that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good to let people know where you're going to be. That helps. It yeah. definitely helps. I've learned that over the years. Uh, yeah. You, you would, you would be surprised how many times that I've wanted to, you know, f I found a band that I liked and I'm like, I want to, you know, promote these guys in some way and trying to dig up the information on them was so hard. And then getting in contact with them was twice as hard. And, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, I'm going to give up and move on to the mm -hmm. next thing because I can't take any more time because I have to move on to the next thing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, how many opportunities do you think are lost? Uh, and I, I'm just on a small level. You know, think if I was, uh, you know, a guy at Paste or Rolling Stone or mm -hmm. something like that who found some, you know, little band from the middle of nowhere and said, you know what, I'm going to feature them, you know, because I want to be the first guys on that. And they don't get anywhere with it, you know, and then they say, all right, well, then I'm moving well, on to the that, next thing. That, that, that's that. That's the one thing that I've learned, too, is, you know, and I'll always say this. It's this is a business of relationships. Simply put, uh, it's you need I try to make friends with everybody from. uh you know, the, 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 you know, whether it's a security guard to, you know, a stagehand to front of house, to a manager, to a writer, to a booking agent, to other managers, to 
and you know, I've been lucky to, to, to meet some, some, some pretty interesting folks in the past couple of years that I consider friends now. And, and, you know, like we were talking before about colleagues and what have you. And it's, uh, it, it's that same thing. It's like, if, if, if nobody can find you, well, that's, that's pretty, that that's not good, but you know, that's, that's nobody's fault, but your own, you know? And I mean, you can, it's so easy to just keep, keep on top of your stuff, you know? And I mean, it's, uh, right. I, you know, I wonder, it's, it's kind of hard for me to, to even grasp if that, that might sound like an asshole, but it's like, I, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, like, so I have a couple other acts these days too. And, you know, uh, or even with the, with cabinet has, uh, we're lucky enough to find, uh, a, a, a tour manager that is as anal about things as I am. And, uh, you know, I'm CC'd on every single email because I want to call me a control freak. <laughs> Would you? A little. You think so? A little bit. I think I'm you like mellowing to, a little bit at least. You like, you like Are you on your phone? What are you doing on your phone? Get off your phone. You like to know what's going on, who's doing <laughs> well, yeah, it, and, and, and have your say and how it's how it happens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd buy that. that that's cool. Is that definition of control freak? A little, little, little bit of micromanaging. Maybe. That's something I'm, I'm working on. Right. You like but to I, say, but, but, I feel but in your manager business, is the that job needs, that, that I have. That needs to happen. Manager is the job I have. So, it, and it's, look, I mean, it, it's not a, uh, uh, God, I was talking with somebody the other day about it and uh, they were like, manager is in your title. I was, I didn't, so I didn't feel like as bad as like being up somebody's <laughs> ass, you know, but it's, yeah. there's just a certain, you know, uh, like I said, I take, there's certain responsibility and a duty to what I do. And I, you know, I, I, I take it way too seriously, but serious enough to know that, um, nobody's going to do it for me. So, you know, also knowing that I, you know, you may, if you do it, if you're learning as you go, as I do, and a lot of people do, you know, you're bound to screw up every once in a while or, you know, once a week, what time is it? I think I've screwed up twice today. So, you know, I mean, it's, uh, uh, but I just don't like that word micromanager. Nobody likes that word. Yeah. Makes it seem small. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the Donald. Yeah. But any hoots. What All are right. Talking about? So details on the Susquehanna breakdown. Uh, what? 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 Uh, it's in two weeks. We're we're under the two week mark, so we are in crunch time. We are. Uh, I'll move up there probably Thursday into the production office, and and away we'll go. So uh, we kick off the events. On the 19th at the Backyard Ale House, they do a, uh, actually, we're throwing our hat in the ring of a pre-party this year. Uh, we have some lovely sponsors and what have you. So we're going to bring in a, uh, we have Mike Doherty's going to kick it off. And then we have the Breakdown All-Stars, which will be uh, members of uh, our past performers from the Breakdown. What was it? Past, present, and future performers, I believe is how I worded it. Mm. Uh, that is how you worded it. Yeah. And uh, so we're, th that kicks off, you know, at, I think we're going to do 7 p.m. next Thursday, the 19th. And then we uh, officially open gates for the event at 5 p.m. on the 20th, which is Friday at the Pavilion. And, uh, you know, campers will start rolling in, you know, uh, and that's one thing we camp on the lawn up there, which is no other venue in the country allows that, at least as a Live Nation venue. Uh, so then our, our music will kick off at six and we have the way it's set up. 
as you walk in, music will be playing and, you know, nobody will miss anything, you know, and, uh, you know, we've, we've caught a little flack on, you know, the time from gates to the time of music starting, but it's just like, we just want, you know, let there be songs to fill the air. I believe somebody wrote once (laughs) and, uh, you know, and and, uh, hopefully that'll strike a chord with, with that type of fan base, but it's like, uh, you know, we just want to get the music started as soon as possible. And then music will roll from six till after two on Friday. Uh, and that'll be what we call the breakdown stage, which is the stage just outside of the main gate of the, the pavilion, mm-hmm. um, which all of that will be festival grounds. And then we open, uh, if you're not a camper, we open gates on Saturday at 11. If you are a camper, well, then you're already on site, you know? So, but, uh, gates open at 11 music starts at 11 on Saturday and runs, you know, all the way until to something as well. So, and it's, I didn't even do the count this year, how, how many bands, but there we did our best to, uh, not have any crossover. There's like one or two sections that we, it was unavoidable just with, with timing, but, uh, you shouldn't miss anything. You know, nobody would, nobody's completely uh overlapped so you'll get to see every single band there oh nice yeah and i mean we're you know just to touch on the on the ticket price for a second like we're we struggle is the wrong word but we are adamant about keeping the price as low as physically possible and still keep the lights on and um you know if you were to look at you know any ticket price for any of these artists uh the saturday ticket in particular the the single day is what you would pay to see one of these bands maybe one and a half of these bands Mm. uh and you get to see them all you know so and but all in with friday you know and the the camping tickets are just about gone we were at 95 percent today so we're uh, i i didn't look but i think we're going to sell out overnight um and so then we're just left with single days or maybe we'll come up with something creative but uh you know i can't see you know a better deal on the face of the planet for a festival this summer Absolutely. And and it's something, too, that I think uh, appeals to both, uh, you know, the fan bases that these bands have already built and people who are just, uh, you know, casual fans who just want to see, you know, music on the weekend. You know, I don't, I don't think there's anything that would hold those people back from wanting to come to something like this. And that, that's the goal. I mean, you know, we... We, we always wanted to be a, a community event, you know, and that, that was years ago was, was my main goal. Um, you know, we, we wanted to be the band that brought the community together and uh, in the sense of just brought the community out, you know, and, uh, and now we have the opportunity to do that in a, in a very functional facility with a very uh, well, well experienced and organized and, uh, you know, competent staff and crew and, uh, you know, team of organizers that, you know, we, we know what we're doing and, and uh, we just want to have an affordable event you know, bring the kids up during the day. And, uh, actually that's another thing. If you look at the schedule this year, uh, we took notice in years past that cabinet always played way too late for the kids. Mm. So we're, we've added a, an early in the day, earlier in the day cabinet set. Um, so, you know, the folks that have kids and may not be able to stay all night, 
can see the band. So, uh, but you know, back to it, uh, we just, you know, I, I would love to have, you know, a, a, a large handful of the population come up just to see, you know, how we put it on, what we do. And again, it, it's, it's just an, I feel an extremely affordable ticket and, uh, for one, you know, hell of a day. I mean, I, we've done it for years now and it's, uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. I mean, he has more fun than anybody, but, uh, absolutely. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> you might have more fun than the bands. It's entirely possible. He did last year. I did. <laughs> I think, I think when I saw him on Sunday morning, I think he was like, uh, I slept on a uninflated inflatable mattress outside <laughs> and, and used like a, like a beach towel or, or a paper bag for a blanket I or was, something like that. I was on an uninflated inflatable mattress in a tent with Cynthia Sue Lewis, who I can say that name because that's the fake name she gave me. Awesome. When she took me to her tent. <laughs> she had an alias. She 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 told me her name was Cynthia Sue Lewis. It, her, that is not her name. Man. You know who it was. Do I? You would know who it is. Oh, uh, yeah. Recognize her like, from a mug shot. I was like, all right. All right, <laughs> Cynthia. All right. That's good, that's, Cynthia. That's where all I right. slept. Mm-hmm. But as I mean, as long as you don't run into this guy, it's a pretty family-friendly f- weekend. Well, he, we keep him backstage. Good, keep him yeah, so that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, away from the worry public. About that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't. Uh, I don't. I don't go out amongst the people. <laughs> and one other thing, and this may be the biggest announcement of all, is we're uh, we're doing water stations this year. Oh, wow. water stations, everybody! Nice. nice. We you you yelled. We listened. You know. <laughs> That's uh, I had a, I'm, I had a, my own gin station in the back, so I that's was, true. You did it was good. Yeah, I had a whiskey station, but it, I just didn't open it until after it was all over. Oh, I opened my my gin station around yeah. around nine o'clock on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I just kept it rolling. Yeah, for th- you just take days. pictures. And <laughs> Matt, that you know, apparently I do a good job even when I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, and Matt Zook let me borrow a sleeping bag, mm-hmm. and then I never used it because I wound up sleeping in that girl's tent. Mm-hmm. And Cynthia, he came down, Cynthia, Cynthia Sue Lewis, Cynthia Sue Lewis, <laughs> and uh, he came down in the morning to to check on me. Apparently. And he stole the sleeping bag back. That's right. And I then, do remember that. And then told me that <laughs> somebody stole that his somebody stole bag. his like two hundred dollars sleeping bag. And ironically, when I got out of the tent in the morning, who were we t- tented right next to? But but Johnny Beard and Zook. <laughs> and I get out of the tent, and they're they're like with their little kids and their wives, and I come out of the tent like, oh, and they're just both looking at me with dressed? such epic. Just I, I had shorts on, I think pants good i don't know but the there's there's they have sweet families the look I the look the two i haven't of them heard gave from them me. since actually the look the two of them gave me when i crawled out of this girl's tent was just like cynthia sue lewis's yeah tent? it was just like oh you're a horrible person <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't be wrong but i'm not a horrible person yes you are don't don't say yourself short don't say yourself short you're a terrible person but we love you. Even that's when I, true. Even when I outsource, they figure it out quick. I don't even know what that means. Ugh. But I'll believe you. I'll take your word for it. 
All right. So is there, uh, is there anything else you wanted to, uh, to mention, Jason, you wanted to ask or anything like that? Um, no, I'm good. I'll, we'll, we'll all be there. Come along. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be backstage being kept away from the populace. Yeah. The, usually you have a pass that uh, keeps you from getting backstage or gets you into backstage. Yeah. He'll have one that keeps him backstage. <laughs> you're, you're not allowed out. You're not allowed out there, sir. A bad influence. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for, for coming on. I, I don't think we need to do a last word this week. I don't know if there's anything that we really need to, to rant about. We, we, we missed my show. That was last Friday, so we don't need to hype that up. No, we don't. Um, no, I think we're good. All right. I sang, as I promised, Tanya. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we're good. Let's we, wrap it up. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for coming much. on, Bill. And We'll uh, see you up there, right? You're coming, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nice. Yeah, we'll be there all weekend. Perfect. Are you all camping? Right. Uh, well, I'll probably come back and forth. Attaboy. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I live like 15 minutes total, like from one side to the other. Of the, Me too. The I live on the south side. Are yeah. we neighbors? Uh, I'm a west side. So uh, oh, right on the edge of Taylor. We're neighbors. We are neighbors. Yeah. All right. Well, we're all Scranton's children. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I won't, I won't be too far. All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks, man. Indeed, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to so, come back and do this again sometime because this, this was, this was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Please First podcast do. ever. And br- uh, bring the band too. I will. I will. We were we were going to have a member or two, and uh, well, that just didn't pan out. You yeah. Know, we. Uh, where new- where are the boys off to? Uh, there's just enjoying some off time. Ah. And uh, JP had a bachelor party over the weekend, and then he had another trip that he had to do, and uh, you know, I saw Mickey last night. Where'd you see him? The backyard alehouse. Really? Yeah. No kidding. With saw. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. We're <laughs> speaking in code now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll just go ahead and. All right. Let's wrap this wrap up. up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you at the breakdown. Thank you. Woo doggy. Thank you.